You gotta be a real sick son of a bitch to put a price tag on human life. You gotta be even worse to laugh about it. Hey, OSHA writes the reports, we just read them. So join us at employee number one, the Industrial Accident Podcast. Employee number one, the Industrial Accident Podcast. This episode originally aired on December 24th, 2021 on the Unethical Patreon. It's our Christmas special. It's happening now, though. Go on to our Patreon to get more episodes. Our guest today is comedian Clifford Myers. Go check him out on the internet. He plays Santa Claus. Is it sunny in Canada right now? No, I'm I'm just dark. I'm I'm olive skinned. <laughs> You're so Mediterranean looking. <laughs> knock knock. Are you uh you busy? Yeah, no, but yeah, hi RJ. I prefer if you like knock. Yeah. It, well, that's neither here nor there. Um so uh, I I'm I'm here standing in front of you and and Rick is uh cowered up behind me because uh our paychecks have been bouncing. Um it's been happening it hasn't been happening too long just since uh you started giving them to us i don't pay i'm not a money man look at me hmm. do i look like a person who should be in charge of money like no we should have lots of money this is my problem this one will tell you like i just get a bunch of bills we're gonna lose the freaking phone line soon mm-hmm. landlord's a scary yeah. guy i didn't realize he was terrifying well so so let me let me just jump in real quick i have a cell phone and i don't live here so that doesn't affect me but no you go ahead i'm just on hard times i'm not gonna i'm gonna move out of the office i promise Stop yelling at me. No, no one's yelling. Put it this way. Okay. You got to solve one of your crimes last month. I didn't say anything, right? I didn't even go, Mm -hmm. where's our payment for solving it? It would be a third off. I would have said that. I was a nice guy. So you guys can have my TV and my Xbox for the payment for now or whatever you guys want. You can just steal whatever you want out of this room. All right. Rick, do you want the the CRT TV or do you want uh, this McDonald's toy that says Xbox on it? Oh, definitely the CRT TV. Okay. All right. Well, in the absence of any other offer, I guess we'll take it. Okay. And 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 that's just as like a down payment. Um, it's Christmas. Okay. I'm just trying to get my kids some presents and stuff. I haven't been paying attention enough. But after this, I've been paying attention to this fucking case that I want to solve. It's Christmas. It's a Christmas case. If you help me solve this, I'll stop doing research for anything else. And I'll go find Abigail and figure out where all our money went from Bo. She was in charge of that. I don't know what else to tell you guys. Sound good? Uh, yeah, that's fine. I I was just raising a concern. That's all. I mean, like, like literally the last envelope, it didn't even have an IOU in it. It just, it was just an envelope that had sorry written in crayon. <laughs> so just seeing where it's, you're at. It's so adorable the way you pronounce crayon. Crayon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crayon, 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 crayon. I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah, crayon, I, crayon. Uh, what, what's the correct way to say it? What's crayon. A, what did he say? Crayon. Crayon. What, crayon. It's crayon. 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 Yeah, now crayon. it's fucking me up now. Crayon. <laughs> crayon. Yeah. Crayon Cray- kind of sounds like the shit that you put in your fridge to keep it cold. 
Freon. Oh Freon. yeah, like Freon. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. I mean, I, you're also talking to one of the top three nasaliest regions in the country. So anything <laughs> with an A in it is probably a bad. Kind of like Mr. Mackey, right? No, not like Mr. Uh, okay. Mackey. Not. Not. No. <laughs> I was going to let it go. What's the opposite I, I, of yes, I, yes, and? How about no, but? <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll do this. You guys ever hear? You guys, okay, put it this way. Maybe Santa will bring us cash. Because Santa's coming soon. Okay. Tomorrow. All right. Santa's well, yeah, it's, it's Santa, Santa or the Labor Department, whichever one gets here first. We'll... No, Santa's coming tonight. You guys, you guys, no, you guys still get stuff from Santa, right? I fucking love Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Christmas, right? Yeah, I mean, usually, usually work pays you paychecks, and Santa gives you like shit you you don't need, like food and 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 housing and clothing. But you know, whatever. I mean, it's maybe maybe he'll bring all of that. Maybe he'll bring clean water. Out of all the frivolous things you could have mentioned right there, you went with two things that are absolutely necessary, like food and clothing. <laughs> <laughs> An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Do you believe in Santa, Rick? Yes. Perfect. This is great. This is going to be easy. RJ, I'm going to take it as if you just said yes to that too, right? Well, I, I believe in payroll, but whatever. <laughs> so you believe in santa okay since you guys are both in agreement, that's even better i'm going to tell you right now today i'm going to prove that santa exists so you guys already know one of my theories right off the top we've never done this before i just drop a theory right off the top santa tim allen exists tim allen <laughs> the santa claus yeah to solve to, for me to prove that santa exists we need to solve this mystery now i need a little bit of your guys help to do this but we are going to be solving the mystery of the Warminster thing. Ooh. Have you heard this before? Anybody uh, in aliens at all? I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll pay attention to aliens whenever they pop up. I don't believe in them, but. Yeah. Normally when they pop up for me, the aliens are into me. I'm not really in them, but. <laughs> <laughs> so the aliens are making you pop up. Okay. All righty. The Winsminster, though. Warminster thing. I keep saying that. I keep fucking changing it. Even when I was typing it the whole time, Winchester. It's not Winchester, right? asshole. It's Warminster. It's not even close to the same. Warminster is a, a town in England. Uh, it's also like a township. You know, they like have like Grundy County and then like a place within that county or whatever. It's the same kind of thing. So don't get confused. We're talking about the, the, the actual town, but also the township. So if I'm talking about like in hills and shit like that, it's not all through the town. It's like around that area of England. All right. It has a rich history. It even has like evidence within the town that there were settlers as far back as the Iron Age. So it's been ruled for a long time. It's been in England for a long, like it's been a settled place in England for a long time. Rich history. Um, it's nestled between Clay Hill and Battlesbury Hill in the southern part of England. It's about an hour or sorry, two, about an hour and a half, two hours away from London. And it's about an hour away on the opposite way from Bristol. But it's also 25 kilometers away from Stonehenge. It's a small town like any other with a population of about 17,000 people. Where I'm from, 
17,000 people. That's that's the big city. All right. I don't know why they keep calling this a small town. This is the fucking metropolis <laughs> perception. Anyways, Warminster is one of the biggest hotbeds for UFO activity in England, if not the world. There's been reported sightings and strange occurrences in the region since the 1930s up until now. People actually still go there for UFO tourist activities. The, the, in the tour in the town now, you can go on this hike on one of their trails, one of their like walking trails, and it's led by an app that's been named Alien Portal Destruction. Jesus. Yeah. So it's like a little augmented reality game built specifically for this little town where you just kill aliens and shit. It's kind of fun. Hmm. I think that's cool. That's a good touristy thing. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, for the past 90 years, there have been reports here and there of alien activity. The majority of the reports from the 30s through the 50s and and the early 60s were just like odd sounds. And they're often described to be stark and cracking by the townsfolk. Now, they used to have a, there was a magazine in the UK. It was called the Flying Saucer Review, which I like. Uh, it had the first real sighting reported in it of an actual UFO. Uh, from their November 1961 issue. And they said that the, the craft left a trail of sparks behind it. So 61's pretty, even the 30s, like I, I was thinking about this, like Roswell and shit in the States where it really became huge was like in the 40s, right? Like 40s, 50s. So they've been getting sightings and weird shit even before that. I find this place very interesting. Flying Saucer Review, by the way, is a dead magazine. It's kind of sad. It was still around till recently enough. I went to go click on one of the links, the hyperlinks, dead website. So come on, you Brits, get this shit back in gear. I want, I want the Flying Saucer review back. Yeah, revive all of print media, you lazy fucks. Yeah, kill the internet. You could do it. Even, I, I don't even mean, like the print, sure. Well, reprint some old ones that'd be awesome people would buy that shit for sure everyone's so nostalgic for dumb shit right now but yeah. i mean even just get the website back up with archives i'd look at that fucking right i would the ufo described in the flying saucer review was supposedly witnessed by four people near warminster as amazing as that 1961 sighting was the sightings were first uh few and far between but warminster got the attention of the world in 1964 after a slew of incidents or a flap of ufo sightings and incidents a flap wow. yeah yeah a flap i just learned this term too so i'm really hammering down on it a flap of ufo sightings is a series of similar sightings in a small area over a short amount of time hmm. so they call that a flap that's cool right interesting and it all starts in the early morning of christmas it's 1 24 a.m on christmas day 1964 and mildred head was asleep in her home in Warminster, England. That is until 11.25 when she was awoken by a strange noise. At first, it sounded like branches on a roof rustling around. Was Santa here? I say yes. Then the rustling got louder and more prominent until it turned into what sounded like hail raining down, reverberating a roof like a snare drum. With the wail of the hail, Mildred gets up to take a look out the window. The night was dry and clear, and that's all she could see. Nothing out of the ordinary, except she heard a new noise. And it was quoted to local journalist, journalist of the time, Arthur Shuttlewood, as, quote, a strange humming sound, which grew louder and then faded away, except for a faint whisper to a low whistling or wheezing. And then it was gone. 
So I'll let Miss Head explain in her words. All right. What she saw. So somebody, somebody legitimately like recorded their TV for this documentary, which is called Pie in the Sky. And I'll be using it as a lot of reference for this. It's a 1966 documentary about the, about the Warminster thing. And they recorded their TV. That's what I mean. I love that I can't find it anywhere except for a guy that recorded his TV from a show from 50 years ago. That's oh, like, i got to upload this. I love these alien fucking guys. They're awesome. My favorite. Mrs. Hid's got the most vivid recollections. <laughs> I was woke up really enemies what sleep I had by this noise. First of all, it was like hail. And then it got nearer onto the roof, and it was like a lot of cats scratching, or like an aerial scratching about, you know, up there. And then uh, I thought to myself, well, what on earth is that? I got, I, I let in bed for quite a while, and I got quite hot, I got panicky, you know. So I did venture, and I paid a bed. And I looked out of the window, and there wasn't a drop of rain, it was all dry, everything was as dry as a bone. But after that went over, I heard a whimpering noise and like someone going, uh, that was the noise it was. Afterwards, when I, I turned wonder, how much do you guys want to bet there's 17 cats around her feet right now? Oh <laughs> yeah. I that that was a woman who who saw news people outside and was like, Oh, what do I I'll just make it up on the spot so someone will talk to me. She is uh considered the first and original person that kicks off this whole Warminster thing thing. So she's taking it very seriously. Just for me, it's like time difference. Plus she's like 95 years old. It looks like, you know what I mean? She's just a crazy old kook of a lady, but I mean, people took her seriously. Me that too funny. That was just, I had to show you. I can't, I couldn't let it not happen. I had to I show mean, it you wasn't that. like a bark, but it was like a wolf noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it felt like, then I woke up my dog and she was like, what's happening? And I was like, no, watch. No, don't leave me alone. <laughs> she was like talking for her dog. Anyways. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, no. Miss um, Head. Or, wait, it's fun when you when you read about this stuff because I do this all like I'm, I research enough now, and you read about it, and then you go back and you look at the video of the person who said this or whatever. But I, I always have the, this disconnect. I think of people looking at it a different way than they do. I wasn't expecting Mildred Head to be a 95-year-old cat lady. I was not expecting that. Just some housewife. That's what I thought it was at first, right? So anyways, fantastic. Later on, we'll see this guy. His name's Arthur Shuttlewood. He's a big part of this story. In fact, I pretty much based the story around Mr. Uh, Shuttlewood. Because he has the most English-sounding name I've ever heard. Arthur Shuttlewood. He was actually the reporter who took... Mildred's original report and put it into the paper. He was a reporter and editor for the Warminster Journal, which was just their local paper. But I mean, it's still a paper. Quick fun fact about Arthur Shuttlewood is he loved alliteration. Uh, his books and articles are just full of it. So in honor of Mr. Shuttlewood, I'm going to try to unnecessarily utilize useless alliteration throughout the rest of the tale told today. Gary did a little rhyming earlier, so I'm down for that. And also, you're right, Arthur Shuttlewood has the most British name of all time, uh, English Brit name of all time. So I had a hard time picking if I was going to call him Arthur, Art, Shuttlewood, A.S. But I like Shuttlewood, and it's kind of, we're doing Shuttlewood, if that's okay by you guys. Unless you guys want Art, but I'm doing Shuttlewood, all right? So Shuttlewood, comma, Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> so Shuttlewood wrote 
about Mildred's mind-melting mental melee in an article for the Warminster Journal. At this point of the story, Arthur's already 20-year veteran reporter, and he already had a reputation as a facts-only kind of guy. No getting feelings in the way, no putting his opinion in there. Mildred's story wasn't taken seriously by the Warminster Journal just after Christmas, uh, which means effectively him because he's the editor of that magazine or the art. So he didn't take his own article seriously. So he just didn't put it in the paper for like three months. And then it ended up in the back pages of their thing in about uh, February, I believe. Despite his disinterest in the article and his lack of liking his writing, I guess, and whatever he did there, it became their most popular article ever. And it, and it prompted more West War, see, I said West again, War Minsterians to come forward with similar sounding sightings on that night. And not really sightings, okay? Let's call them sound events. Because they didn't see anything that night. They just heard a lot of shit. Now, to tell you the truth, that morning, that Christmas morning, there were over 30 locals who had four different encounters that all involved suspicious and scary sounds. In 1965, Warminster had a population of 10,000 people. If 30 people in one small town are seeing or hearing the same weird thing, it's something's going on. All right. So here's the other three reports from that night. So we have Mildred Head. Everything sounded like hail. Big sound, driveway. All right, so number two. A couple hours after Mildred's encounter, there were around 30 soldiers at nearby Nook Camp Army Base where they were awoken by a strange noise as well. And it was described by a lieutenant from the base saying, the sound was similar to that of a huge chimney stack being ripped off the roof and being scattered in pieces across the camp, or sorry, the whole of the camp, followed by a high-pitched whining or droning note. Now, why does that guy use that as his reference point for like? That is <laughs> like so sounds, specific. Yeah, like, how many chimneys are you ripping off roofs there, Lieutenant fucking crazy guy? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was very funny. But another kind of from the high skies, no one sees anything like the guards were alerted. Nothing was found during the search uh, of the base. minus just the weird sounds being heard by many. A uh, couple hours after that. So that's sighting number. Well, that's sound event number two. A couple hours after that, just after 6 a.m., Miss Mar- Mrs. Marjorie Bai was walking to church. Culty Christ Church Christmas communion was big, was a big deal in Warminster, apparently. 7 a.m. fucking service. Fuck that. Margie said as she was walking to church, she noticed a cackling sound from the direction of the nearby Bell Hill area of town. Uh, as reported by Shuttlewood. When she got close to Christchurch, she filled with a, quote, menacing sound. Sudden vibration vibrations came overhead, chilling in intensity, depending on her on her savagely. She experienced what was later named a sonic attack. So Shuttlewood continued. Yeah, yeah. It, it caught her in a grip of steel. Shockwaves of violent force pounded at her head, neck and shoulders. She was pinned down by invisible fingers of sound. Wow. This, the, that's right. a quote from the... That's that's a quote from... Mr. Shuttlewood was very dramatic. Like, yeah, he's fucking editorializing the shit out of it. She's probably just like, oh, I don't know. It was loud. And the last one, so that's that's the sonic attack. The last of the four major events that make up this whole Christmas miracle flap is that of Roger Rump. Yes, I realize that Roger Rump really writes itself when it comes to alliteration. 
The head postmaster heard voices that were almost the, exactly the same as described by Miss By, and his his house is actually close to the Christchurch. Now he described the noise from inside his house. It sounded like quote roof tiles were being rattled about and plucked off by some tremendous force. Then they came scrambling down as if they were being loudly slammed back into place. The whole experience was to have lasted about a minute. So he kind of heard something getting ripped off his roof too, and then being placed like they all sound like that. Right. Minus Marjorie who got raped by sound, but I mean, or forced to the ground by sound, which <laughs> was molested by the noise. Yeah, exactly. Like, oof. He even meant to say like fingers held her down. Like, why'd you have to say fingers? Why not hands? Why is it fingers? Yeah. It it out. <laughs> mm. yeah. Maybe the aliens were all fingers. I mean, come on. That's true. We're not thinking. We're thinking like uh, exactly. Maybe they're just finger aliens for sure. Like those thumb things from Spy Kids. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. No, thank you. Or maybe it was tentacles, and she just didn't know about tentacle porn yet because the internet didn't exist. Oh, that's right. She was having a fantasy she didn't yeah. even realize she liked. <laughs> it's the 60s. No one's invented octopuses yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not in the middle, middle of the UK. That's for sure. Probably not. Yeah. They probably like, what's a fit? And actually, no, the UK is an island. Yeah. They would have fucking octopi. Yeah, that was their number one export back then. Everyone knows the great... <laughs> Great British Empire subsisted <laughs> off of octopus exports. Yeah, octopus and uh, yeah. a lot. A lot of people think think tentacle porn is Japanese, but really, it's just an old <laughs> British thing. The Japanese mm-hmm. discovered it after you're the ruining bombing. the ending to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to keep going. <laughs> Arthur Shuttlewood invented tentacle porn. Game over. Episode done. Uh, that's where this ends. Imagine I could actually make this end like that. All right. <laughs> the Christmas miracle. Yeah. Christmas was weird in 64 for war ministerians, but they didn't even uh, see any UFOs. They just heard some shit. Shuttlewood's story still sounded suspiciously Santa-like. After the success of the article, Shuttlewood started to collect sightings and events in and around Warminster. Now, even though Shuttlewood claimed he didn't believe the stories of the or the UFOs, he or any of this, he thought these people were kooks. He collected uh, quite the dossier on the area. Uh, he actually said he was secretly laughing at the locals while taking these in, calling them morons in his brain. Strange things kept happening through Warminster through the year through the into the new year. Uh, apparently, there was a flock of seagulls that just died at uh, all at once out of the blue in 1965. They were said to have died midair, then dropped to the ground. Witnesses to the mass death of the pigeons claim that they heard a high-pitched droning just before the birds bailed badly before becoming bombs. In March, three more families heard loud noises coming from above their houses. Same descriptions from Christmas. Everything rattles around after it's done. No evidence that anything happened at all. On May 19th, 1965 is the first time there's a, there is a sighting of a UFO that is reported about by Shuttlewood. Helda Hebdige heralded to Shuttlewood that she had seen objects flying in the sky three times that very week. They were all cigar shaped and covered in blinking lights. They were completely silent. They didn't move. 
and floated in the air for nearly half an hour. Now, Shuttlewood took this story and he sold it to the very popular UK tabloid News of the World. I was trying to figure out how much you, you'd make for those back in those days. Couldn't figure it out. But I imagine he was making a good enough coin to want to do it to begin with. Now, how is News of the World's website doing? Uh, not ex- non-existent. They, they're, no, 18, 1843 to July 2011. That's how long that magazine wow. ran for. So it had a good run. Shuttlewood's loving this. He sold that story off. Cigar shape. Perfect. Uh, then back in Warminster, another woman later reported she was a victim of a sonic attack and she experienced uh, a UFO sighting the same night. So she was attacked sonically and then saw the UFO. Hmm. So they're, they're cigar shaped. I feel like they're just bending over backwards to avoid saying they look like penises. Yeah, somebody had to say it. And I was waiting for what I said, cigar yeah, shape. Like, c- anybody with a good joke? No, we'll get there. <laughs> okay, wait, but did you did you know why News of the World shut down? I didn't read into it, no, why? It had nothing to do with that magazines were out of style, but that News of the World and other British newspapers owned by Rupert Murdoch were found to be engaging in phone hacking, police bribery, and exercising <laughs> improper influence in the pursuit of stories. Oh my God! Incredible! <laughs> it that is incredible. It's known as the it's known as the uh, News International phone hacking scandal. This is amazing because I think you just found me the next unethical episode I'm writing. They literally have like in early investigations that were happened from the 1990s to 2005, where they go through what they called their different operations. It's a good, it's a good read. <laughs> I'm going to read it. I'm going to, I'm telling you, I, I'm going to look for something different to do on an ethical like this. Uh, so that'll be a good one. Anywho. So yes. Okay. So the lady that got a sonic attack and saw UFO that night, her name was Rachel Atwell. This happened on August 10th, 1965, uh, 3.45 in the morning. She was the wife of an Air, uh, Air Force pilot, and she was woken, awoken just like everybody else with a dreadful droning sound, quote unquote. That's her quote. Uh, she looked out the window and saw a bright object that didn't scare her. The noise scared her. It wasn't the object. And she felt... I'm not afraid of penises. Exactly. I'm not afraid of dick. <laughs> I'll take that dick any day. It's better... I've just never seen a dick yell like that. It's creeping me out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she said when she uh, saw it, she felt a tight band of steel around her forehead, pounding and hammering at her eardrums. The exhausting extraterrestrial experience lasted approximately 25 minutes until the noise stopped and the object vanished into the night. So do we want to see Rachel Atwell talk? Because I do have a, she's in the same documentary. Uh, absolutely. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. What sort of shape did it have? Well, it looked uh, round. <laughs> she wanted to say dick so bad. Put him a pause for a second. <laughs> I saw this thing. She wanted to say dick. He's like, what shape was it? She goes, pee. <laughs> it's, like, it's really hard to describe. God damn. No, you're right. It's just a bunch of flying penises. All right. Let's see her really crumble out of not saying dick. I love it. What did it look like? Oh, you want me to play it again? Just for a second. Just because I want to make sure I'm correct on that. What sort of shape did it have? Well, it looked... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't really describe it. She could not speak. 
Uh, we, don't, we don't have to watch any more of her. That was perfect. That was enough of her. So the uh, the sightings and occurrences of weird sounds wasn't only limited to the city of Warminster. In June, a few people from nearby town saw a cigar-shaped craft in the sky as well. Uh, and when I say a few people, I mean over a dozen. There was like 17, I think. Yeah, so the craft remained motionless over Warminster for about 30 minutes until it moved sideways out of sight behind the hilly landscape. It had portholes-type windows that ran along the whole side of it, and it was enormous. No one could even guess how big it was. It was also described as train carriage-like. So train carriage is not as fun as cigar because cigar is really innuendo-y. Well, I mean, this is still fun. I'm just picturing a massive cock with windows in it now. <laughs> just people like can i get out it's like little sperms <laughs> yeah yeah i'm about to get out <laughs> except they're not little they're human sized yeah. <laughs> imagine being this size and that's how we have to like get to the next thing we have to like burst through some egg and just like merge oh, with it <laughs> <laughs> we're in now come on boys damn first one of the center wins all right <laughs> like a, a mass amount of us die just like one in ten thousand yeah. win <laughs> that's uh squid game number two octopus <laughs> game tentacle game <laughs> oh good lord oh god all right i went there all right so <laughs> another sighting described the ufo like not cigar shaped at all this one i find weird that's why i had to put it in there uh this person described it as twin red hot pokers hanging downwards one on top of the other with a black space in between i don't even know where to go with that one um, the sightings kept happening, and there were at least 49 witnesses to the strange sounds by August 1965. And then on August 17, 1965, there was the weirdest of the spectacular noise events. All right. Uh, this one had pyrotechnics. Apparently, a loud boom shook houses in Warminster. Okay. Uh, a boom so loud and profound that many nosy neighbors had to go outside to see what was going on. And by some accounts, there were many earthquakes after the boom. There are also two houses with broken windows after the explosion. Uh, and that's the only damage through the entire uh, city or town, I guess. Um, Shuttlewood quotes witnesses as saying, when they went to investigate the nearby hills, they saw a monstrous orange flame in the sky, and it was shaped like an electric bulb. The light eventually faded and revealed a big ball of smoke with a, quote, funny yellow core. The ball of smoke floated down from the hills. And as it was floating down from the hills, if it hit any trees or grass along the way, it would crack or hiss. The illuminated smoke ball or the smoke ball eventually settled in the road and gradually dispersed into straggling wisps, the fiery center burning out as it did so. Hmm. Pretty cool one, eh? I, I like yeah. that one. That, that seems like the only one with actual like physical evidence, too. Where people were in front of it and actually like felt like they could grab it, yeah. yeah. Uh, on August 27th, so 10 days later, the sightings and sounds were worrying the town folk so much that the city council held a town meeting to, quote, to allay fears that the happenings were a danger to the earth. So they're like, us town council, we're going to save the earth right now. Um, that's a quote. That's not me saying that. They were. Hey, someone's got to do it in a raw in a red dawn scenario. You'd step up. Yeah, exactly. You got to step to the plate. aliens. Yeah. Well, they didn't know that. It could have been the Germans again. 
Hitler made his way back from Argentina. He was ready. <laughs> the town hall had about 500 attendees with national press in attendance. Uh, some of the people that were there were from the newly minted Bufora. Uh, Bufora stands for the British UFO Research Association. They were in the back taking vigorous notes and I imagine asking very annoying questions. The UFO community was now starting to notice the Warminster area. Now, there were so many people trying to get into this meeting. They had to, like, turn people away at the door. Like, 500 was the cap. Like, they had more outside. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the meeting was an hour-long bitch session with residents expressing concerns and describing their personal experiences with the strange phenomena. No constructive con- uh, conversation came from the meeting. The meeting ended when town council chair, Mr. Rees, was handed a telegram that read, quote, investigations complete invasion fears are unfounded unquote and he i guess he read that to everyone they're like this meeting so no one's doing any this is bad (laughs) so you have the sarcastic assholes on one side and the fucking believers on the other i love it what if that was actually what if that was actually like aliens just pretending to be them and they didn't realize that like the council the, the council people are not the ones that you like have to you know incept in order to in order to convince the public but for some reason it just went really fucking well so they're like all right <laughs> I, like, I like that idea but i like it more as like uh the aliens just sent a telegram like nothing to see here <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain went to the the details of uh of rick's suggestion so it's just like a town council but it's like they're all like clearly aliens wearing like dead people's yeah. skin so it's yeah, like yeah. there's only like four fingers on the hands are like actually filled out and it's just flopping around. There's like fucking frayed skin and <laughs> really long fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Your worries are unfounded. You should not worry. Let's have a meeting. <laughs> Since that, uh, the meeting goes nowhere. Guess what happens two days later? At least one of them dies, right? On August 29th. Two days later, 23-year-old factory worker Gordon Faulkner claimed to have photographed a UFO above Westminster on Clay Hill. Time for a video. Faulkner had better luck. He managed to take a picture of a flying saucer that hit the British press in a big way and then went round the world. Mr. Faulkner, in fact, has done much to put Warminster on the flying saucer map. This is how he got his picture. I had a camera with me. I was taking it down to my sister who wanted to borrow it. And, uh, well, as I said, I just had the camera with me, and pure luck, I just ended it and took a picture. The object was staying still all this time, was it, or was it No, moving? it was moving. But moving slowly? It was moving fairly fast. I wouldn't like to say how fast, but I couldn't say how fast. Now, some people have said that when they've tried to take a picture of one of these things, there's been some mysterious force or radiation that stopped the camera from working. Did you find this? It didn't stop my camera from working. Have you had people say that this picture is a fake? Of course I have, yes. I mean, what do you say to them when they say that? They're entitled to their own opinion. I know it's not a fake. And it doesn't really bother me what other people think. Right away, just off the impression of that guy, what do you think of Mr. Faulkner? Just by seeing him. I fucking hated that guy. (laughs) I, like, immediately he was talking and I was like, okay, everything's coming out of your mouth is going to be complete dog shit. (laughs) <laughs> and then I, I mean like this and this isn't his fault but like the fucking resolution on that picture was like 
a hundred pixels. Like, yeah, it's then, terrible. And then add to that, it was recorded off of someone's fucking CRT TV. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck are we supposed to believe here? You, yeah, for for everyone that's out there, the photo is is probably one of the most famous UFO photos. Actually, uh, it's it's photograph. It's black and white, and it's at a distance. It it looks like the classic saucer UFO type. You know, uh, not cigar shaped in the least. You know what I'm saying? He, I like how he says he's like amazed that he actually got. I was so lucky to get my camera out at that time. Like, wow, was I ever lucky? And it was moving so fast. Yeah, I don't know. Also, imagine uh, times where you had to come up with an excuse of why you were able to take a picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, exactly. that is well, fucking wild. Well, we do know we, that we live in a different time. Back then, a fucking yeah. camera would have been rare, right? right? Like, not everybody owned one. And the fact that even added out at the time would have been like, a, wow, right. I have this out right now. So for us, that's funny because we could take a picture, right. 17 pictures right now. But yeah. Yeah, just the legwork. At that point in time, if you're just like, hey, I got a picture of this thing. What the fuck do you mean you got a picture? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shuttlewood saw the picture. Loved the fuck out of it. I'm sure he did. Wrote an article to go with it. And he sent the picture to the tabloid paper, The Daily Mirror. And it was printed September 10th, 1965. Now, this is even though Shuttlewood claims he was a non-believer, but he was making bank off these tabloids so why the fuck not right yeah like i said it went with an article of his and he described the photo in the article he described the photo as quote the incredible sensational stupendous all capitals thing it's really out of this world that was the the photos and that's how they got the warminster thing they're starting they're calling ufos just things so what if what if what i think uh i think this is the case but like what if it was just like Cause that that on the picture honestly looked like the tip of an uncircumcised dick in like a foggy bathroom. <laughs> so, I think it'd be very funny if if that Faulkner dude or whatever, uh, just like took a picture of his dick and then was like, "Yeah, there's a UFO. Print it." And the then, first dick pic. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just it's on the front page of like every newspaper. And he's just giggling with his baby beside yeah. him and in an interview about it after. <laughs> just like the ultimate fucking power move. It's uh, kind of does look like a mushroom tip, really. So I can't deny. Um, yes, I can't. But I'll tell you why <laughs> later. Shuttlewood also hypes the photo as remarkable, almost awe-inspiring. And after this Daily Mirror article goes out there, thousands of people started to flock to Warminster from all over the world to get a chance to see the thing. The tiny town turned tourist trap almost doubled in size from 10,000 to 18,000 people. So 8,000 people flocked there to go see the thing. And some of the hardcore ones that came there, they were living in tents in the fields. They had magnetic, homemade magnetic devices that were supposed to be UFO detectors. Bufora even came, set up shop, thing glean glimpses of glorious UFOs. The Daily Mirror article also elicited many more reports of ufo sightings around warminster and this is the best part about this whole story to me is like the more sightings reported the more sightings get reported it's crazy so it was now since it got to the daily mirror it wasn't only getting noticed within the small little warminster town plus the ufo communities it was starting to get media attention in the u.s also keep in mind shuttlewood does not believe in ufos all right uh, he just reports them he's a report guy 
Guess what happens next, though? Just reports them. Amazing, yeah. stupendous, incredible. Exactly. Fucking look at this. Guess what happens next? I'll let you. Sh- I'll let Shuttlewood tell you in his own words. Video time. I went up for my notes, but my attention was arrested by this huge cigar shape in the sky. Now, had I normally been walking underneath that, I'm sure it would have assumed the proportions of nothing but a dense white cloud. But from the angle of vision that I had from the top of our house, I could see a peculiar hump, a, a, a yellow or an amber burnished protrusion from the top. And I'd never seen anything like this in all my life. And it was nine months after the, this thing started. And I, 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 don't, I honestly don't think I'd been conditioned to all that extent. Although I've lived in the center or the vortex of this mystery, we, we, let's face it, it is a mystery. Uh, but I wasn't convinced, even uh, in spite of the, the high caliber of witnesses, I wasn't convinced that this thing existed. But I, I saw this with my own eyes. Now he's starting to see that this is lucrative. I saw one too. I fucking saw one, guys. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I see an alien cigar shaped like everybody else. So it's September 28th. 65 while looking out the window of his home shuttlewood had his own close encounter he saw a huge cigar shaped craft gliding through there in the skies his theory was that the arriving aliens accosted art because this is a disbelieving sort of chap and we've got to convince him personally so he thought the aliens like had to come there and be like dude we exist what if shuttlecock just has never seen a sunrise (laughs) (laughs) Because the way he described it, it was just the sun coming behind the clouds. (laughs) It hurt my eyes. I can't see out of my left one for like an hour after. It was watering. Staring into the sun and now there's something wrong with my eye. Yeah. He does claim that he tried to film the craft, but the craft burnt the film in the camera and stopped his watch, gave him pins and needles in his arm and his hand. This, though, is the moment where Shuttleworth begins to be a believer leaves them all now he's right inside of this he's fucking full blown into this and how old would you say he was there right he's like 40 you know he went 40 years yeah. without believing in aliens i'd and, say 43 yeah he's something like that i can't remember i i didn't write it down i should have uh so now he decides this is when he decides he's going to take all of his investigations about all these sightings and he's going to write a book all right, BBC West films the half hour documentary i've been using with for clips in this called uh pie in the sky uh, it is considered one of the most unbiased documentaries on the subject. There is a lot of parts coming up later that skeptics do. They don't just go with the alien seers. One of the guys from Bufora is interviewed. So I don't need to do this. This is just frivolous. But we're allowed to make fun of people from 50 years ago. So please, video time. Is 50 years the cutoff? I can't do any fucking research here because every time I'm doing research, you're calling me out and I got to go back to this video. What am I? This was a hard one to research because it's fucking so old. I already have my answer. I just. Okay. Then why do you do research? Wait, I need to find a specific (laughs) event. I get down to the nitty gritty. I don't just, I don't just find an answer and give up on it. I don't just cave in like you. All right. I get many details to back up my story. I get video evidence. And then you can get back to Googling whether or not cigars were flavored at that time. (laughs) Says Bill Clinton alive in 1965. British Unidentified Flying Object Research Association, Dr. Cleary Baker, to comment on what's been going on. I am satisfied that we have evidence that something very strange is going on in the world. I don't claim, I think it would be quite false to claim, but such evidence as we can bring forward is sufficient to establish a cast-iron watertight case. Nevertheless, things are being seen in the skies, which to all appearances are flying machines of a very advanced 
technology, a technology advanced beyond our own. These are being seen over all of the countries of the world. And in many indirect ways, too, there is indication that something is going on which is beyond the province of uh, the normal... Uh, There's form. definitely something going on because I they came to my house and stole my neck. <laughs> you know, that man was like a Simpsons character. That was such an unbelievable shape and sound for a human being. I had to show you guys. That I was just, like, this is unnecessary, but you guys have to see. <laughs> me, I believe in aliens. I, mean, I think that maybe possibly. <laughs> was doing, they're dealing with some. Flying mechanicals with very advanced <laughs> flying machines. Anyways, that guy's awesome. Oh my god. Immediately so, started cracking me up. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. Shuttleworth Shuttlewood's first book entitled The Warminster Mystery was published in 1967, June of 1967. And it's basically a retelling of the stories he wrote for the Warminster Journal, along with some new accounts. The retellings were much more exaggerated uh, in the book. Some internet apologists of Arthur Shuttlewood uh, explained that the exaggerations were on purpose to make the stories more palatable for the UFO people, to make them keep them interested. So if they were just the same saying cigar shape over and over, nobody would read the book. They would just read the one story and go cigar shapes. I get it. Fuck the fuck. You guys are all phallic. I get it. So it was required to make the book sellable. Yes. The whole having a story does help sell book. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I, <laughs> I do. I, I do like that as a uh, thing there. So uh, another film is actually made another documentary film in 1967 about the sky watchers in Warminster. They were still watching the sky in 1967. They had guys out there. So this one's called the Warminster Watch, and it falls around 150 sky watchers over a nice May weekend in Warminster. Unfortunately, in that one, there's no sightings or sounds while filming. The town of Warminster was embracing the popularity of the UFO sightings with many stores popping up, selling specialized alien merchandise, and there was even an alien-themed hotel. But that didn't last very long. By the 1970s, the sightings of the Warminster thing were in steady decline. Uh, Also in 1970, you guys are going to like this one. I put it in for you guys. In 1970, physicist David I. Simpson decides he's going to test the competence of these UFO investigators and sets up a hoax to study their behavior. He purposely pre-exposed the film of about 50 UFO watchers so that when they were taking photos of what he made look like an alien encounter, they would get pictures of flying saucers. Uh, he left evidence in the pre-exposed film that if anyone looked at the evidence for, of tampering, the hoax would be easily noticed. Guess what? None of the watchers noticed. <laughs> Not one of them. <laughs> and Simpson, <laughs> he published his results in a magazine entitled The Skeptical Inquirer uh, as a warning piece while studying UFOs. Make sure to avoid confirmation bias. By 1973, Shuttlewood had four books published on the happenings in Warminster. Uh, he had a lot happening in his life uh, during the time from 1967, I believe, or 66 till 1973. He claimed to have seen uh, UFOs on an average of two times a week, Eight, over 800 sightings. <laughs> so, good lord. Yeah. 
1973, the sightings were few and far between again, but the BBC went up there to do a story on UFOs. They claimed to have seen something soaring skyward, but it was too far away for the camera to have seen it. And the BBC reporter claims, exclaims, I don't know what uh, that could have been just after he describes UFO. This is interesting to me because it's 1973 and it's a BBC guy. This isn't like, this is different. Well, we've definitely just seen something, and I'm bound to say that I've got no explanation at all as to what it might have been. Unfortunately, it was too far away to be seen by our cameras, but it was quite high up in the sky, and what it consisted of was two lights bending over towards each other about that kind of angle, flashing on and off and disappearing away from the camera. And they were going like this, definitely not an aeroplane, quite certainly not an aeroplane. They were going like this for, I should think, about 15 seconds, and then quite suddenly, one of them exploded almost into a ball of fire, a blinding light, and then they just disappeared off slowly, flashing on and off again until they went out of sight completely. Now, I've no idea what that could have been. What do you reckon it was that we saw just then? I should think it was an actual surrounding of Wonsa, the UFO, which is mainly seen over Wonsa and surroundings, and that's what I would definitely put it down as. <laughs> but yeah, so... The BBC guy, I kind of like trust more than anyone because that guy was just going there to like fluff piece it up. Yeah. You know, he was, he's just trying to get a career, that guy. He's not, there's no reason to have it, unless he was a big UFO enthusiast and like begged his bosses to be sent out there. But I don't think the BBC does that shit. Maybe, maybe. I, I love that second guy. Yeah. Oh no, so it's a UFO. I've been Warminster for 13 years looking for an UFO. <laughs> I love UFO. Like, you been in Warminster? It's like a British Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, except somehow way stupider. <laughs> somehow, yeah. Just very unsuccessful. Now, Shuttle, uh, for the rest of his life, Shuttleworth was right into the UFO community, became a... Uh, like I said, he was a guru of the UFO stuff. He he actually, I don't know. I, I really like Shuttleworth, but uh, he didn't, he died in 1996. Uh, he was a believer right till the end. He continued to write articles, books, stayed within the community. He kind of retired from writing books, I think in the eighties or late seventies. And he just lived out the rest of his life, but still goes to conferences and stuff like that. Like I said, until he died. And then kind of the UFO thing was still happening there. It's like kind of like Roswell now where, People go there to go look, like I said, and there's sightings here and there, nothing too concrete. But in 2015, on the 50th anniversary of the Warminster thing, that's what they're calling it, the 50th anniversary, which uh, should be the 51st anniversary, but that's just me. Um, I know to count Britain. I don't know what you guys. The Warminster thing was immortalized with a mural on the side of the old Warminster police station wall near the information center. It has flying saucers, aliens, and it's painted with glow in the paint dark or glow in the dark paint, glow in the paint dark. It's the first thing you see when you get to Warminster. And I think that's the way the locals like it. Uh, but that's not the way where the story ends. On June 7th, 2017, there was a new sighting near Warminster. And immediately the video went viral with the headlines reading, has the thing returned to Warminster? Uh, there's even footage of the UFO. It got debunked within an hour of the internet, but it doesn't really matter. Okay. It just proves that Warminster's there for UFOs and it's staying there. Uh, it's the Roswell, of the UK and the, the thing's memory is still alive and well in Warminster. 
and probably will be for a long time. Theory's time. That's the end of the story story. Okay. You got anything there? Uh, you got any ideas so far? RJ, you want to throw something out there? Um, no, man. I so vehemently do not believe in aliens. So Before we get into the, the my theories, why don't you believe in aliens? What does that mean that you don't believe in aliens? Oh, I just think everybody says they saw aliens is just looking for attention. It's just it's always the same people. I got you. That's that's different than you don't believe in aliens. That's you don't believe aliens come to Earth. I don't I don't think in the entirety of the universe that there couldn't possibly be life on another planet. Okay, good. I don't think that they're a as any more successful than we are for any reason or that B, they wouldn't have already fucking wiped us out or enslaved us if that were the case. Or that they even know we exist. If Plus, with the Earth being flat, they would have to be exactly up this way for us to see them. Right, but... and there's a very good chance they're just underneath it, and they don't know, and we don't know because we can't see on either side, you know? The filament, I got gotcha. you. But yeah, no, if aliens were... I always say I don't think aliens have ever been here because there'd only be, like, two real reasons, you know? Reason one would be, like, to study us, like Jane Goodall living with the fucking apes. Mm-hmm. that's the only they'd come down here maybe do that just to kind of like go ooh. so maybe they came here for that or they'd be just coming here to obliterate us because they could right yeah i think like uh, studying us would be the the optimal i think uh i guess explanation for for them being i think that would maybe make the most sense because it's like like you said it's the same way that we just study animals you know but yeah. I, I don't know i don't it doesn't okay. they're not doing anything for us so i definitely believe in aliens i don't think any of these people saw an alien definitely believe in aliens um yeah. pretty sure it's the rick and morty theory whereas we're secretly doing something that we don't know about on their behalf and we're basically just like yeah, yeah. slaves without knowing that we're slaves well, that's a that's a actually a popular uh alien conspiracy that we are just gathering gold for the lizard people but i'll get into more aliens later on nah, not show. gold it's going to be something stupid like that like we don't know it yet but coal smoke is the answer to the universe and we're literally just pumping out Why emissions we, for them that makes sense that we use coal and the coal smoke is a byproduct of something that makes sense what's the point of gold that's the whole thing we 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 as humans were bred to give a shit about the stuff that's not important and actually, the only reason that we use gold is because the way that it acts as a semiconductor. Nah, that's not why we use gold at all. Yes, we do use gold in semiconductors. Don't get me wrong, but we've been collecting gold for fucking six to 10,000 years. We have only had semiconductors for maybe 100 Yeah, but years. it's not like all the gold just magically disappears. What disappears? Coal smoke. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get into, into the a- sky and then it's just gone. Yeah, we'll get never we'll get to bother us again. Theories. I can tell you, I can tell you the things that we have a lot of that they don't want. So, but so who's I've never seen coal smoke after a few minutes. Who's who's conspiring against the aliens when they made up global warming? Al Gore. What kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> Obviously, Al Gore. He's, he's the only one that knows aliens exist, and he's like, I'm gonna fight them. <laughs> Right. And okay. Tell me as you're trying to make fun of me that that doesn't sound like it makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on that. That exactly. That does does all line up. I would be Uh, funny if Al Gore is just on the front lines of the fight against the aliens. He, yeah, it's not funny, but yeah, he is. (laughs) It's not funny because it's true. (laughs) All right. My first theory is aliens. So let's talk about it. Uh, It sounds like aliens. 
you know, uh, one person in backwoods claiming to see saucers soaring solemnly, surpassing sound speed seems somewhat suspect, but there have been probably hundreds of sightings in and around Warminster over the past 60, 70 years. Many of the descriptions are the same or similar. Uh, much of the iconic extraterrestrial lore comes from the legend of the Warminster thing and other sightings in the Warminster area. So, like I said, even today, there's considered to be a hotbed for alien activity. Uh, there's just a lot of details in this that have just uh, don't make sense or have been plain debunked. Most of the descriptions and accounts in the early days came from Arthur Shuttlewood's accounts from his first book, The Warminster Mystery. He said that he uh, he wrote these a little bit more dramatic than when he originally reported them. When they were originally reported, they were a lot more dry to the point. But when they came to the book, they became that's when they became legend and lore. So if you were to go back and compare his book to his old articles, you would see little differences that compound to make gigantor differences later on. Now, if you remember Gordon Faulkner's iconic photo, the photo that we kind of like we saw it right in the like you saw it in the video. It's uh, put them on the map, but it was debunked in 1982. The photo that Ian Merzglod, Ian Merzglod, Jesus fucking Christ. Ian Merzglod, a reporter for the Probe Report, discussed the iconic photos with Shuttlewood himself. So Shuttlewood was still taking interviews in the 80s. Uh, Merzgold had the prints enlarged and noticed that the uh, craft Shuttlewood described as perfect UFO discs, definite and beyond a doubt, were nothing but flaws in the development process of the photos. When Shuttlewood saw the enlarged version of the photo, he begrudgingly agreed that the photo had been flawed in development. <laughs> so he actually agreed that he was debunked, which is kind of fun. Uh, and also... In that interview, they found out this is the first time that Mr. Shuttlewood had ever actually seen the real prints of the photos. So he just saw, anyways, uh, I think Mr. Shuttlewood might just be reporting on this for book deals. What do you guys think? Mm, mm, Um, Mayhaps. Yeah. But uh, since the photos uh, been debunked, that doesn't mean that it's not aliens. It just means that it lacks credibility to the entire thing. Um, (laughs) It doesn't mean there's not aliens, though. Lots of people, not just fucking. What's doesn't mean they're not us. aliens. It just removes any possibility of them possibly <laughs> telling the truth ever. <laughs> just the one guy, Gordon Faulkner and Shuttlewood, the two guys uh, that have the most play into making this uh, worldwide phenomena uh, might not be the credible ones. But everybody else doesn't mean that they're telling a lie. And it's a lot of people, you know, uh, like all the fucking people in the military base that claim that like. You figure if it was in the military base, you'd get like 30 people doing that. It seems like maybe it's a prank. I don't know. It just seems like that's a lot of people in one place to have a weird sounding thing. Uh, Are they just all lying? Is the whole place lying? Or did some of these never happen? And I was thinking that early on. And then I found that pie in the sky video where you see Miss Head talking about it. You see all these people actually talking about it. It's not just Shuttlewood saying shit. So was there something else going on? I don't know. I like the alien theory. And I, I, I think that aliens is improbable, but not impossible. All right. Any thoughts on aliens before I move on to the next thing? I do um, not think this occurrence was aliens. Okay. No, that, we'll no, get to that too. I'm interested because I can only think aliens, which I 
notary right. bullshit. So no, I, I actually think I have the answer. And this this is probably the most well lined up answer I will ever give. Not bullshitting you. Um, this wow. goes right up there with Amelia Earhart and Japanese spying communications. Okay, well, there's more. There's more. Do you want me to keep going, or do you want to keep going? Do you want to go? I'll let you keep going. Okay, because my next one theory is called the Army Base. Number of night operations. I pull the blankets up over my head and think, "Damn the army! I wish they'd shut up and go to sleep." In bed or out. Miss Anderson has both feet right on the ground. She's no intention of being taken in by any talk of visitors from other planets. Last summer, I got up one morning, looked out of my bedroom window, and uh, we had got army in green camouflage jackets with leaves in their steel helmets, romping around the the estate yard and the um, withy beds beyond. We could call those little green men, I suppose. Now, what do you think about this? Uh, general mystique that's developed about these objects around here. Um, I think it's a pity that so many people are ready to make categorical statements about a thing that nobody has bothered to investigate. As far as I have been able to discover, there has been no coordinated observation, no scientific inquiry as to what's happening, Various individuals have seen various things and have immediately drawn their own conclusions. Well, if there's anything... I love that lady. Oh, yeah, she's great. For a, for a 60s broad, it's just like, just what, why haven't we actually studied this, you morons? Yeah. Everyone just crazy. Yeah, Entirely reasonable. Did you see how she hung on? There's been various individuals saying various it took everything in her not to say fucking idiots yeah or arthur shuttlewood specifically yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i i think that and she said it off the bat and this is what my theory is, is something going on at the army base uh aka sound weapons now hmm a lot of Warminster people think the activity around Warminster is nothing but the nearby military base. Uh, maybe some sort of experimental aircraft was flying around. Uh, bright lights could have been some sort of explosion from some sort of weapon. But well, yeah, the sound they repeatedly is, said ball of fire multiple times. Yeah. And I, th- I find that that's it has to be something to do with the military. That lady just said it's the military and I went to bed. So she probably sees lights in the sky, too. And also in that movie. Uh, sorry, in that documentary, <clears throat> they were saying that most of the people that were reporting this were new to Warminster. So they don't really know the, ar- the, the army base activity and stuff that's going on all the time anyway. So they say it and then they don't want to look stupid not saying it later, right? Um, but this, the sound thing is the part that interests me the most about this encounter with aliens. The uh, lady getting finger banged by some sound and stuff like that, being held back and held down. That's not the only time it happened. It happened about three or four times. Um, And maybe this is like an early version of a sound weapon. Now, there are sound weapons. I don't know if you guys know about any of these things. Uh, They're called long-range acoustic devices or LRADs. Now, they were originally designed for long-range communication, but they are now primarily used for less lethal crowd disbursement. Um, they are used for crowd control for all sorts of protests and riots all over the world. They are controversial in their use and they have many untested effects on people 
uh, on the people that they're being used on. The Academy of Doctors in Audiology have reported that some individuals exposed to the LRAD have experienced symptoms ranging from dizziness all the way up to mild traumatic brain injuries. So maybe it's some sort of early version of an LRAD or something like that that's going on. I just think it, this is a pretty easy solution if you go to the military base. There is some problems with the military base theory, though, too, is just the 30 military people that heard the noises early on you figure either a they would know what's going on or b be told not to tell anybody that they heard a noise especially a reporter named arthur shuttlecock so you know what i mean so i don't think the 30 um, people would have said anything um, yeah but it's, had, it's, a, it's a british military their communication's not too great they uh yeah. they're not they're not all there they needed our help a couple times so <laughs> It's hard to understand them talking through their rat's nest they call teeth. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going in there. As someone with British teeth, though, I'm not about to go and throw stones. Uh, I, haven't I haven't ripped on the Brits in a while. You're welcome, Becky Downer. And like I said, lots of classified shit happens on army bases. It could potentially be the army base. It just, the only thing that I think that keeps it away is the 30 witnesses from the base but maybe maybe somebody would have said something next theory is natural phenomena in 2016 the ministry of defense for U the uk declassified some documents in reference to the unidentified aerial phenomena or uav which is just the new word for ufo now ufos were rebranded because the bad press linking them to aliens anywho the declassified 2000 study said that UFOs or UAVs or whatever the fuck they're called have been linked to natural phenomena misunderstood by people because they are unfamiliar with it. This is quoted from the declassified article. It says no evidence exists to suggest that the phenomena are hostile or any type of control other than that of natural forces. So here's some of the natural phenomena that the study suggests could account for UAV sightings. Buoyant plasma, plasmas, are formed when a meteor does not fully burn up during entry into the atmosphere. They remain visible to the naked eye and to radar. Loose plasma objects can create a physical field from which light will not reflect. And this, for some reason, makes them a triangular in shape and can be hundreds of feet long. I don't get why. I don't understand this really that much, but this is what they're trying to tell us. During a lot of the sightings, and I didn't mention this up top, I should have, uh, but some people reported that their cars started to malfunction during the encounters. Well, loose plasma objects can affect vehicles in a number of ways, including causing engines to stop and radios to malfunction. It's a pretty shitty theory. To, if you ask me, it just sounds like government trying to like cover up something. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And plus it's how, like how many fucking meteors are going to hit, especially in the same spot. That's what yeah. I was going to say next. Like it's, it's all, it's a flat man. If it was all over the place in different spots, yeah, maybe you could just uh, go that way. But yeah. all, all in Warminster doesn't seem really uh, that. But I, I'm not a scientist. So they're just trying to like, I feel like that's smoke screen. But I mean, that's something that they came up with. And my last theory is an outrageous one. So if you want to go now, Rick, you can go now. Mine's not outrageous. I, I mine's the answer. So keep you well, mine's, mine's the answer. It's Santa Claus. All right. I'm, I'm listening closely. Now. I came up with this myself, so um, we're going to have fun with this one, okay? I'm, I'm really stretching. <laughs> so, Christmas morning, 1964, Santa landed on Mildred Head's roof, right? Just 
that his sleigh was malfunctioning on that day, making a huge racket on the roof. So he tells his reindeer, let's head back to the North Pole just for a few seconds for a tune-up. Okay. And I'm assuming he has some sort of pit team when he gets there because there can't be no breakdowns of the sleigh ever. It doesn't make sense. Uh, all the gearhead elves must be up there just on fucking standby. You know what I mean? There's no way he leaves the entire thing up to nine fucking reindeer. That's that's just outrageous to me. So, okay, so shiny... maybe the, the bigger noises he was, he noticed the ones that weren't just couldn't be saved and he was just putting them down with a shotgun. On a <laughs> yeah, yeah we, did, we never got to meet the reindeer uh jiminy because yeah. jiminy's slow and jiminy's dead <laughs> ho ho rudolph the red everything reindeer <laughs> yeah rudolph as shiny as rudolph's nose was i don't think he was too bright that's all i'm saying <laughs> it's not as shiny so, as his organs are yeah exactly and also the reindeer they sure they pull the sleigh but the sleigh requires elf magic for sure uh how the fuck else does reindeer fly elf magic some sort of elf magic right and mm. some sort of elf time magic to help them travel faster so there's no way santa could make it nearly 56 the, the and i did the math on this the fifty-six thousand kilometers back to the north pole from warminster and back and still make the presence on time if santa was just using the speed using speed to travel around the world he would have have to travel 8.2 million kilometers an hour just to get to all the kids and leave them presents the speed of sound just so you guys know, is how much you guys know? You guys probably don't know. One thousand. Don't fucking know it in kilometers. Oh, uh, what we know? <laughs> That's miles. for sure. I... <laughs> yeah. Why are you guys stuck on this old system? Why don't you just learn kilometers like a smart person? It might Scientists... be old to you now, but it's going to be new to you in a few years. Just wait. <laughs> I don't get it. Hang tight, Trump. Twenty twenty four, baby. Twenty twenty four. I was going to say, is this a threat? Are you threatening me? All right. The speed of sound is 1234.8 kilometers per hour. And you guys are going to have to figure it out yourself. Okay. A spacecraft re-entering the atmosphere goes 25 times the speed of light or the speed of sound. Sorry. Uh, and that's only 308,000 or 30,870 kilometers per hour. Even at that speed, without any type of shielding that a shuttle would provide, your skin would be ripped off your bones. So Santa lands on Mildred's roof. Notice he's running low on tranny fluid. The noise is for him trying to get back for repairs. And since his magic was all fucky, he blips through time a bunch, jumping hours and months and even years on his way out of town. For the main four sound events that I named them earlier, that happened over hours. It happened fucking over seconds for Santa. You know, even the sightings for the next couple of years. All that shit happened seconds for Santa with his goddamn elf magic. Once back at the North Pole, repairs are made, but the time magic uh, major mix-up managed to mangle months of time. The time magic fucks up the timeline so much that the residents of Warminster kept seeing and hearing Santa trying to escape back for repairs over the next 10 years. And since our adult brains can't comprehend the fact that Santa is in fact real, we substitute our memories for what we want to be real, aliens. All right. Notice how there's no kids seeing these UAVs. If any kids would have seen these UAVs, they'd be like, why is Santa here for a second and then gone? All we have to do is believe. And the story starts sound sounding suspiciously Santa-like. The sound attacks are just ripples of time energy hitting the unknowing bystanders. Uh, the feeling of being held down is just a beam of untamed elf magic hitting you. Now, 
after the time ripple starts to flatten out after a decade or two, we get back into hoax territory. That's why the new thing isn't real. That's why Shuttlewood was fucking shot down in 1982. Now, thank you very much. I'm working all night. I'll see myself out. Tip your waitresses. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I have a theory now. <laughs> that inspired the theory. All right, Archie. Please yeah, go. I, I, Please I go. think I think Richard is actually a, a nine-year-old in a fake beard, and he, <laughs> he's not he's not legally allowed to open a bank account, and that's why we're not getting paid. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I'm working for Big Elf. A big <laughs> see i always thought the reindeers had their own magic but i learned something today <laughs> fuck reindeers they're stupid animals of course the magic comes from elves reindeers are real elves aren't so they have the magic clearly <laughs> side note uh there is an actual reindeer's head on my wall downstairs and they are oh, much good. bigger than i thought <laughs> oh good i don't even want to know why it's christmas Eve, man, you're talking about like, is this to scare Santa away? I'll, I'll send you a picture later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Rick, you solved this for real. Let's hear it. Well, um, I'm pretty sure that everyone did see something uh, at that time, but they were probably just misunderstanding. I agree that people were dumb. Um, here we go. Come on. So this is probably one of the examples of what they saw. This is what uh, stars go through when they die. They call them death throws. They go through a bunch of different patterns, essentially. So multiple shapes that they can't describe or they can describe as a dick. Then you have the exploding. <laughs> Your dick okay? <laughs> you, have the, you have, hey, I mean... You have the exploding, and then you have like the inverted crab blinking that the reporter was talking about. Okay. So yeah, that's Ooh. my answer. Is it was just an exploding star? Exploding huh. star. Yep. That one. Exploding like, star. That's that one it. looks like two tits, nipples touching. <laughs> Interesting. I wanted to shame you for that, but it completely does. It looks exactly like that. (laughs) Nipple kiss. (laughs) Oh, God. You know what, Rick? Is this from the naked eye from Earth? You could see that, you think, Rick? Like, that looks like... Well, not always. I mean, it depends. So when it's... Think about when the star explodes, the speed of light is like 300 million times faster than the speed of sound. So it, because of momentum, let's say there's no friction, can transport itself across a galaxy much further. That would also explain why they would see things before they would feel or hear things. They say feel, but it was probably like a sound rumble. Now, maybe uh, Shuttlecock did take a picture of it and maybe there was some type of radiation or solar flare event that happened that was very specific and it did burn his camera, um, which is possible especially with the old mechanical ones because the way they just reflected light hmm. whatever it is i think we solved it at santa so <laughs> did you not hear my long elaborate perfectly sane explanation and this is what you come up with or santa's an alien 
Well, that's what the whole thing is. Santa is an alien. Ah, well, elf, I don't believe in aliens. Magic. So Santa doesn't exist. You and I don't fuck. believe in Santa. Don't do this to me. I knew this was going to happen. My big brother said that to me and I didn't believe him. I didn't want to believe him. Yeah. That's it for me, man. I, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the Christmas episode. I did. Um, aliens are fun and we solved another one. Yeah, you're welcome for the answer. Aliens Thanks. are real. Santa's not real. Jesus is not real. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, nothing like morning factories on the beach at Bora Bora. <laughs> and on the dicks, even. Uh, I should call him and let him know how I'm doing, but... I guess I'll let him worry for a little bit longer. Ho 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 ho! Look at this place! This trash! Are you kidding me? Oh, baby bell cheese wax wrappers on the ground. Who are these dicks if nothing but true to their name? Oh, ho, 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 ho. no cups, no cups drinking straight out of the bottle. C plus. Oh, ho, ho, ho. This place is a trash zone. No wonder they haven't figured it out that I'm the worn Mr. Thing. Oh, ho, 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 ho. These fucking idiots. Oh, ho, 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 ho. You gotta really be telling some tales at a school of that one. I, I should do these knuckleheads a favor. Maybe I should call the coppers. That's right. The Popo. The 180. Whatever you call them in your locale. Maybe I should call and tell them. Oh, I'm going to give them the tip of the season and let them know that Abigail has been grifting some of the moolah on the sly. <laughs> now she is on the naughty list. Now let me get my trusty old Android rotary phone. I like it because it's got a customizable wheel. Ho, 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 ho. Now it's going to be nice. Oh, this is going to take forever. Ho, ho, ho. But it is important that I do my civil duty as Santa Claus. Ho, 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 ho. Just watch private dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on! Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're gonna stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract.
On Patreon is a full 16 episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And if you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. Thank you.